Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. That melodic bass means just one thing. You've meandered into the steam room, everybody. Is that the bass or that little string thing? It's a bass, which is a string thing. It's a stand-up bass. Remember when we had the guy yeah. in here playing the stand-up bass and playing it? Okay, I didn't know that was called a bass. I'm not going to lie. It is. It's a bass. It's a stand Okay. And it, that's the stand-up, not the one that you, you know, guys play the bass in bands too, but it's the okay. same deal. But this okay, is, okay. This is, I think See, this is deeper I, and richer. I, I learned something new. Yeah. That's why I always tell people, you'd be great on Jeopardy. You know a lot of useless information. Yeah, like what a bass is. Yes, yeah. So, But I was right, technically. What? There is a bass like this. Yeah, and it's a string thing. Yes, okay. And that and thing so is, is the stand-up. It's also a okay, string thing. Okay, but I just want you to know, I like saying I was right. Yeah, I know you do. Okay, yes. As, as rarely as that happens. Welcome, everybody. Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley. Okay, so I got to start on a sad note, unfortunately. This uh, is first of all. First of all, I, I just want to give my thoughts and prayers to the people of Colorado. I saw over the weekend uh, some idiot went into a gay club and shot up killed five people, shot, I think, like 40 are injured, and just wanted to know, you know, obviously, we talk about gay rights a lot uh, on the podcast, because some of my best friends are gay and transgender, and I just want them to know I love them, I'm thinking about them, I know their Thanksgiving is ruined, like, we got to do a better job of, of policing hate speech, because, you know, you look up in Buffalo last year where that fool went in there and shot all those people. You look at the, the uh, idiot who did the, the, the hate crime at the synagogue in Pittsburgh a few years ago, and now this. So it's, it's become so prevalent, and it's so it don't even almost accept like, you accept it. I and mean, those you can, four and you can't those four kids in Idaho. Yeah, I mean, you know, those families' lives will never be the same. But I want to start before I, we start having fun. I just want to acknowledge my gay friends, and I think it was Club Q. And I just like, those people should have a safe haven, a place to go and, and live their true selves. So, you see the interview with the guy who- Yeah, was who, crying. And, and the other one, the guy who took down the shooter. I didn't see that one yet. Yeah. Yeah, but man, just just he was thoughts a, He's and a prayer. vet. He's oh, a was vet. he? Yeah, and he said he went into combat mode. Yeah, just thoughts and prayers yeah. to, to, the, to the gay community, transgender community. So start with that. I hate starting on, because we want this podcast to be fun. So after that, the World Cup. I don't know anything about soccer, but I actually pay a little attention to the World Cup. Did you watch the entire U.S. first I'm game not against Wales? A, I'm not going to watch a whole high, uh, uh, soccer, game. soccer game. That's not going to happen, Ernie. What were you doing yesterday if you weren't watching the game? I w watched bits and pieces. I'm not going to sit there and watch a whole soccer game. I just don't have that type of patience. And it was 1-1. <laughs> Would you watch a basketball game if it was 2-2 two, two after three hours? That's not, no. You can't compare those two Well, I'm things. just saying. I, it's the beautiful game. It, they're some very talented people. But I only watched the World Cup. I know, I know our women's team. In bits and pieces. In bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. I know our women's team is the best uh, in the world. I was actually uh, taping Tom Brady's podcast yesterday. That's why. Oh, uh, were you really? I did Tom and him and Jim Gray. I did Let's Go. 
Um, so I did that. Shout out to the GOAT and Jim Gray. Had a, had a great time. Uh, so that's what I was doing yesterday. So now, okay, you know the Iron Bowl <laughs> is this week. The greatest sporting event in the world. The and greatest I, sporting event in Alabama. Yes, that's where I'm from. I know, but it's okay. not in the world. So, you know, shout out to my boy. And first of all, well, first of all, what? Second of all, don't be making fun of my notes, okay? Don't I'm be, not making fun of your notes. Uh, TK, the legendary TK said, it, it's very interesting, you got like eight folds in that thing. You just, you carry that around with you and just, when, a, when an idea strikes you, you jot it down? I, got, I keep it sitting right in my kitchen and every mm -hmm. time I walk by, there's something I Which need. Which is most of the time. Uh, <laughs> see, you're a funny guy today. <laughs> a good place to keep it. So I got to remember that carry... K-E-R-R -R and Gary challenged for ALS right. between Alabama and Auburn. Kerry mm -hmm. Good was a hell of a football player at Alabama. Unfortunately, he has ALS now. And one of my best friends in the world, Gary Godfrey, has ALS. And they're doing this challenge between Alabama and Auburn. But the good thing is these bitter rivals, Alabama and Auburn, coming together for this great common cause. Yes, it's the same thing we did— uh, this is the second time we've actually come together. When they had the horrific tornado uh, in, in Tuscaloosa, Bo did the Bow Bikes for Bama. And, and Alabama and Auburn came together. And uh, so go to the uh, Carrie Gary Challenge for ALS and let's win. Now, this is the part right now. I'm getting ready to tell a lie. Okay, I'm just going to preface the lie before I say it. We going to shock the world, Saturday. <laughs> You see, I, I looked in your eyes as you made that, and I could tell. You didn't have to tell me this is going to be a lie. You don't believe that. You, you, know, you want to believe it, I but, want you, to so but bad. you don't really feel it in your bones. I love what Car uh, Cadillac, Carnell. Cadillac was great on the pod last great week. If you haven't week. listened to it, yes. go back to the previous episode. Yes, but man. Where's the game? Tuscaloosa. Now, I'd feel a lot better if it was in Auburn. Didn't they used to just play that in Birmingham sometimes? They did, and we changed it. And I think it's better. It's better. To uh, have home and home. Yes, because I know y'all trying to do the same thing with Georgia-Florida. Yeah, uh, they've, been, they've been talking about that for a while. But, no, they play that in it, – yeah, I mean, I like it in Jacksonville. Yeah, but I thought Kirby's, uh who's doing a fabulous job over there, I thought his point, like, we need that game in Georgia. Uh, I was like, I can understand – Pat Dye, I think he was the architect. Like, we're not playing in Birmingham anymore. We're going to go home and home. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I try to be realistic. I, there's so much noise out there. I don't know who's our coach. You know, the internet was going crazy the last 48 hours. So you don't get, think Cadillac has a chance of staying? I do not. I do not. I, I think, And I know you've been lobbying openly for Deion Sanders. Yes, I would love to Deion to get the job. I would love that. But like I say, I'm going to support whoever Auburn hire. And see, I was getting ready to tell you why I hate Alabama fans. And obviously I'm being tongue-in-cheek. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't hate them all, just Montel and Jim Farmer uh, and my boy Mike in Alabama, golf pro. They've lost two games, and they think it's the end of the world. Well, you know how many games you're supposed to lose at Alabama? None. That's, yeah. that's impossible to go undefeated every year. 99.9% of the schools in the world say, we're going to go 10-3 and three every year. I'll take it. And maybe win. <laughs> and we're going to win a national championship every two or three years. You'd be like, oh, I want that program. I know. I know. It's I know not, what you're saying. And first of all, they're going to miss the GOAT when he's gone. Yeah. See, because I think at Alabama – 
I think dominance is over now. I think with NIL... If they had NIL when you were playing, who do you think would have come banging on your door? All the pizza places? Uh, Domino's. Because, you know, we used to steal the Domino's pizzas. Uh, Hold it. What do you mean you used to steal the Domino's We'd pizzas? order two. And, you know, they bring their, they have a, like a big a car full of them, and we'd sneak down there and snatch like two out of there. Uh, Chucks, but that's wrong, man. We were in college. You're supposed to do stupid stuff when you're in college. You go to college to learn not to do stupid stuff. How about those people who were waiting for their pies to be delivered, and all of a sudden the driver gets back in the car and says, "Hey, where are those pies that I'm supposed to take down the but street?" That's why you don't have to. You only have to take one or two, so he doesn't notice it till he's gone. Like if you snatched them all, they would notice it. You're you're setting a very dangerous precedent here. You're you're encouraging young college students to go ahead and, hey, you have license to because you're young and dumb to go out and steal pizzas. They're doing worse, trust me. They're doing worse. Uh, but, man, I love the Iron Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to be ready for it. I'm pulling for a huge upset. Hey, remember. We're 20. We're 20 see, no, you know what I hate about you, too? Hold it. What the, did I just do? This is why I hate you, too. America. Thanksgiving week. No. You I'm, hate me. I know, no, I'm going to get to Thanksgiving in a second. My favorite holiday. You know that. Remember when you called me the day of the Auburn game? You're like, Chuckster, we do have our normal bet. Yeah. I said, he says, you say, the line says 28. He said, is because I want us to make sure that we're, <laughs> that you know how much I'm giving you. And I said. You said, yeah, it is 28. And, and I, I said, said, I'll give you 28 and a hook. <laughs> And that's why I hate you. I said, because I said 28 is not enough. And it wasn't enough. But I paid you, I paid you $100 like yes, I you always did. do. Yes, you did. Uh, we're tw we're going to cover the 24. Okay. We're going to cover the 24. What year was punt, Bama, punt? What, what year was that? Remember when Auburn blocked a couple, you beat Alabama. 19. Special teams came up, blocked a couple of punts. That was, was a long time ago. I want to say 78, 79. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But so crazy things can happen. You yeah, never know. I, I you need crazy. You, you need you know, super hey, crazy. Hey, as they say, when certain teams play each other and those rivals, you can throw out the record. I throw the records out the window. I saw our record. I want to throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> but now we get, hey, listen, I just want to tell everybody out there, man, family and friends, get together. You know, life is so crazy. You know, we've been through a pandemic. We got all this craziness out there. Our politicians are awful people. Enjoy your family and friends for Thanksgiving because it's just a great time of reflection. It's my favorite. It's my favorite by far. And you just shout out to Baby Case coming to get those deep fried turkeys and my dirty rice and my stuffing. And uh, I get two turkeys. You know, it has to last the whole weekend. Uh, but Baby Case is my Cajun place I go to. Well, two's a, enough? Yeah, yeah. For you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, you're funny. Or is guy. that just for through Thursday <laughs> and but, Friday but, breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just want I, everybody to have a great Thanksgiving. The uh, day before, Chuckster, sorry to interrupt, but the day before Thanksgiving is a huge day in the Johnson household, too, because that's the turkey frying day. I, I deep fry two turkeys on Wednesday. So you do know that you have to, un, you have to unthaw the turkey, right? I've been doing this for years, man. You can't put a frozen turkey in a deep fryer. Well, there's exactly 12 people a year who start a fire. Oh, I know. I've seen the videos. Yeah, there's 12 but, people who are morons 
who put a deep fried turkey unthawed and 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 not gently either. It's just like, hey, throw it in there. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And burn down the house. So thaw your turkey, fool. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a great, it's a great day. So everybody out there, have a great Thanksgiving. Well said. We off and running uh, now. It took a while for me to say that, but well said. <laughs> uh, we are off and running. Yeah. It's the steam room, the uh, the Thanksgiving edition, and we'll be back with much more. In fact, we got. Man, we have a wonderful guest today. Yes. A special guest. Special. You know him from your times at Saturday yes. Night Live. Very, you know him from Barry. Yep. Yeah, Bill Hader joins us here on I the Steam Room. I got a very room. important question to ask, Kim. We are back. Yes. On the Steam Room. Chuckster, I can't begin to explain to you how excited I am about our next guest because I am a huge fan uh, of Barry on HBO. Uh, three seasons in, they're getting ready to do a fourth. Star is Bill Hader. You know him from Saturday Night Live. Yep. You worked with him on SNL. Yes. Um, uh, he's won a couple Emmys as the best actor in a comedy series for his uh, for his uh, work on that. Writes the show, produces the show, edits the show. He I just, don't know. He does everything. He on preferred the show. a term boss. Yeah, he is. Well, he is. Yeah. Boss. When you do all that stuff, just call me boss. Yeah. And so Bill yeah. Hader joins us in the steam room. Um, Bill, thank you so much. And we we only have one rule here on this podcast in the steam room is that uh, is you keep your towel on, uh, if at all possible. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coming out rules out of the yeah. gate. All right. Hey, yeah. so, so where are we? I'm sitting here. I can't wait for season four of Barry. Where are you right now? Well, we just finished shooting uh, season four. Uh, just on thir- uh, Thursday. So uh, we, we shot it, and now I'm about to start editing it, and uh, we're, we're all a little tired and stuff, but, man, we had a great time. So you look like the complete boss. You have to do everything when you're writing, directing, editing. What's the hardest part? Uh, probably the writing, you know, because it's just you're just staring at nothing. You know, it's kind of just your... It's just up to you to make the thing make sense. And there's, you know, we have a writer's room with amazing people and I, I have a lot of help, you know, a lot of amazing people working on the show, helping me and and, uh, and adding their talents and making it better, you know, but uh, the writing's the hardest, man, by far. So when you do your own show, you're putting yourself out there. When did you know it was gonna work? Because, like, obviously, there's a million shows that people try to do that, like, it just don't work. It doesn't resonate. When was your aha moment? Like, I got a hit show. This is working. <laughs> I don't know. But I think, you know what it was, was uh, we had a screening in Austin, Texas. It was the first time they screened it. And I was Alec Berg, the co-creator, and I were just so nervous. And we were just pacing around and... It screened and people seemed to like it all right. And then we sat down for a dinner with all the heads of HBO and they went, oh, the embargo has been lifted on reviews. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And that means, like, oh, all the reviews are out. And they started reading the reviews in front of me. Oh, my. <laughs> and I started sweating like crazy. <laughs> and I was just ordering shots of tequila and just being like, oh, man, this is going to be awful. And then uh, the reviews were actually good. And that was when I kind of relaxed. I was like, okay, we didn't get raked over the coals. 
they seem happy. They gave us the the go ahead to do this. They and as long you know they were happy, so so I was good. You know, where did it come from originally on this show? I mean, in, into what recesses of your mind did you go to say, okay, Marine Hitman <laughs> uh, becomes actor, uh, everything goes sideways. So where did that come from? And I don't know, Alec Berg and I were talking, we were trying to think of an idea for a TV show. And I said, what if I played a hitman? And he said, oh, I hate hitman. Like the guy with the skinny tie and the two guns. And, you know, it's just, and I go, no, no. What if it was me? Like weird, anxious me as a hitman. And we both started laughing. And then I said, and then somehow we were like, what if he was an actor? I don't know how that happened, but for somehow that idea, it, once you talked about it, it just, more and more story started coming out of it. It was just, you know, just kept, it was the, the seed that grew a mighty oak, you know? Yeah. How did, how did Henry Winkler, who, who, who by the way, a bucket list thing for the Chuckster, he's going to tell you is, is to meet Henry Winkler. Yes. Um, he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you settle on him as, as the acting coach that uh, is going to tutor you? He just came in and read and I was just like, man, Henry Winkler would be amazing because he's such a nice person and he's such a good guy. Him playing just the polar opposite of who he is would be great, you know? And so, yeah, we brought him in. You know, he came in and auditioned, which was crazy. I walked in and there was a row of people to audition and there was Henry Winkler. And I just was like, <laughs> man, he's read. if you would have told me when I was a kid, yeah, Henry Winkler would come in and read for you. I'd be like, you're nuts, you know? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah, first of all, he he's definitely on my bucket list. I mean, there's certain people in life, like him, Idris Elba. There's certain people in my life, like, I got to meet that person one time. And, and Mr. Winkler is definitely on that list. Oh, man, he's the nicest guy on the planet. You, you honestly... I give you his number and he, you call him and he would talk to you for like five hours. <laughs> He'd be like, well, how did you get into basketball? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's funny. Hey, how many years you do Saturday Night Live? Eight. So that is by far and away the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Did you have fun? Do you remember? I played Ernie. Yeah, yeah. yes, I know. But I never but, really got a good, I never got a good impression of Ernie. It's because I'm boring. Hard. Bill, it's because I'm boring, no, man. No, there's no, nothing, no. there's nothing to do there. No, there is. There is. I just made you sound like you had a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I I I love I I've been honored to do it four times. It's the longest, hardest week of your life. I talked, yeah. I remember talking to J.J. Watt. I said, how was it? He says, it's harder than football. And I, it, it, yeah. it's, it's, so how does, how in the hell could you do that for eight years is my question. Because one week is brutal. It was hard on me. And I'm, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just like, take it one day at a time. It's, it's tough, you know? And, it, and it's funny too, because when people talk to me about Barry and they say, man, you, you do all these things on the show. And I'm like, I'm not, it's still not as hard as one week on SNL, you know, <laughs> it's just because of that live aspect and the so many things going wrong and you don't know what you're doing until kind of the last minute, but you were great when you hosted, that was one of, you know, Charles, you're the only person I think that I ever saw make Kristen Wiig break. Kristen <laughs> Wiig would never break. And you were, you had a, a dress on in a, show, in a sketch and you knew to play it completely straight. You didn't push the comedy. You didn't do anything. You just stood there and she started laughing and we all went, Oh my God, Kristen is, you know, she's, you know, usually, 
that's the most pressure I've ever felt because he said something interesting. When you do Saturday Night Live, first of all, you show up on a Monday and they throw like 30 ideas at you. That's Thursday. That yeah. takes about three hours. Tuesday, they have to have them written. And you go back and forth with the actors and the writers. That takes about five hours. And then starting on Wednesday, you start rehearsing 10 to 12 hours a day. And you're doing probably five or six extra skits. And they're changing them as you go. And that's all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, and all day Saturday morning. And then around, I want to say six, you do a show for an audience. Yeah. And then a dress rehearsal. Yeah, a dress rehearsal for a real audience. Then it's like an hour and a half break where y'all get together and pick out what worked and then worked. And then you do another live show on television. But they're changing it up. Like he said, like the stuff you started rehearsing on Monday, they're like, well, that wasn't funny on Monday or Tuesday. Now, Wednesday and Thursday, they keep changing it. And I was like, I'm so nervous because I want to, I don't want to sit there and look like a jackass when these guys are great. But it was fun. But man, I, I got so much respect for you guys to do that every week. <laughs> we had a sketch where you were, we were the Clancy brothers. I don't know if you remember this. We were the Irish folk singers the clancy brothers and they went to dress for her somebody we were all in white sweaters and it was me and charles and fred armison and a bunch of people and you were and we did it at dress rehearsal and it bombed so bad and and you said it didn't get a single laugh and afterwards you went man bill i hope on air i can i can figure out that song we sang and i said dude don't worry about it this is never going to see the light of day <laughs> don't worry about the song man <laughs> who is, like you, you, you mentioned Kristen, uh, who's the funniest person you worked with on that show? Oh, too many. Or a couple, a couple. Uh, Kristen Wiig, I mean, Will Forte, Fred Armisen, uh, Sudeikis, Andy Samberg, Tina Fey. I mean, I was Rachel Dratch, Chris Parnell, Maya Rudolph. I mean, there were so many. Keenan Thompson, I'm going to miss people, but yeah. I, I was so lucky when I was there. You know, we comedy fans watch your guys' show. I don't know if you guys know that. Inside the NBA, that gets passed around by comedy people because you guys are so funny. Uh, you know Thank what? You. you know what's fun, too? We had a chance to go up to uh, to the studio. It was one of the weeks that you were hosting. Yeah. hosting. So we actually did our show uh, from that studio. And... Alex Hooverus, who is our is our paint box guy, who does all the gone fishing and all that stuff. Oh, that that's so funny. Yeah, has the chance to meet Lorne Michaels, and still says to this day, the greatest compliment he ever received was Lorne Michaels saying, "Oh, your stuff is funny," you know. And it was just like, oh, is that's all he needed out of the trip? Yeah. Well, your guys' stuff is funny. It's it's like I have friends who are in comedy who aren't even basketball fans, and they'll send me clips of your guys' show because the comedy is so genuine, you know, and like the timing of it and everything. I mean, that clip of Kenny saying he's the, he was the guy in the Houston locker room and you guys <laughs> call him out and you say, no, it was Vernon Maxwell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got that sent to me by like 10, 10 comedians. They go, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And what we always wonder is we go, What's it like when you guys go to commercial break when something like that happens? Is it like... Oh, it's great. Does he hop back? Is he mad for a couple of days? No, Shaq's the one who gets mad. No, <laughs> Ken is a New Yorker. He just rolled with the punches. Shaq is the guy who okay. gets mad and, and, and acts like a baby sometimes. 
So, so you, you ask your question, like, you know, you're talking about being a comedian. We're obviously in a crazy time for comedians right now with, quote unquote, cancel culture, people who are woke. What's your opinion on that? I don't know. You know, I'm like, I think it's like a case by case basis sometimes, because sometimes something will happen that I'm like, oh, I, I see what the joke was and you can't you know, people are maybe being too sensitive. And then sometimes people do stuff that just is like, it's not funny. You know, sometimes I wonder if it's just social media. So many people are trying to be funny. Yeah. Who aren't funny. <laughs> They're just being, uh, you know, uh, awful. And that, <laughs> and then comedy then gets clumped into that. And people might think it's the same thing. And you go, no, no, no. I think that's a satirical take on that. But then there are comedians who are just awful. <laughs> you know? so it's a weird case by case thing for me where sometimes i'll be like nah and then i'll see another thing and i'll go oh man no you can't that's not good you know that's just i don't know where the joke is yeah. you know so when you have the success you have with this show are you saying to yourself okay i don't know how many seasons to do this What's next for me? Are you just like, no, I'm going to ride this out? Or are you already thinking about your next thing? I kind of think about, uh, you know, you're, you're always trying to think about something else sometimes just as a nice kind of reprieve from the thing you've been working on for so long. You know, it's kind of nice to sit down and think of another idea or, you know, uh, go be in another movie or something just to keep things fresh, you know. But I don't know with Barry, you know, we're still figuring that out. but. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It has it has gotten a little bit more dramatic, you know, but I, I kind of like that. HBO has been really cool letting us tone-wise let it go where the story wants to go. What kind of feeling is there? Obviously, you've had great success with this after Saturday Night Live. To see a guy like Jason Sudeikis and see what's, what's happened with Ted Lasso. Oh, man, it's great, you know, and, and that's a great show. And, yeah, we were at the Emmys, and it was just, yeah, it's awesome because I can remember when we all – started together you know i started with him and and uh andy samberg and Kristen wig and you know in 2005 it is pretty wild to just see that class like everybody like Kristen and andy and and fred and will forte like everybody that i kind of came up with have, have done so incredibly well you know and um so i've i i think it's awesome you know you know, I'm, I couldn't be happier for him. So you said that you, you just finished rap season four. Do you take, do you take a break now? Do you like, okay, we're wrapped. I got all the, I got all the wood in the shed, as they say. Do you like, <laughs> I'm just going on wine for a month or two, or you go right back on something else? Now we're editing the show now. So now we got to go in and edit and I can see all the places I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Editing's awful, too, because you sit there and you go, oh, I spent all this time, you know, it's kind of that that analogy is like shootings, like going to the grocery store. And then when you edit is when you actually make the meal. And then it's like you get into the edit and you go, oh, I didn't get this at the grocery store. I picked up this wrong thing. I did this wrong, you know, and then you got to make it work. When's the last time you said all the woods in the shed? Oh, last night, actually. <laughs> I say that once a day, at least. I have no shit. And I don't have any wood either. Yeah. Tell me why you got fired as a ticket taker way back when, even before your days as a PA in uh, in Hollywood. I worked at a, a movie theater and uh, 
I was the guy who tore tickets. And at the time I had like really long hair and a long beard. I look like Charles Manson. And uh, I had like a bow tie and a little cummerbund and everything. And this uh, sorority, they were making fun of me of the way I looked. And uh, they uh, were going to go see a sneak preview of the movie Titanic. So as I tore the tickets, I said, enjoy the movie. The boat sinks at the end. Leonardo DiCaprio dies. <laughs> and they go, and they were like, no, he doesn't. I go, yeah, yeah, you think he's asleep, but he's frozen. <laughs> and the old lady, she's got the diamond they're looking for. And the very last shot, she throws in the water and they don't get it. Enjoy the movie. <laughs> and the guy who fired me was a really nice guy. And he was kind of a stoner guy. And he walked up and his eyes were kind of half masked. And he went, did you just tell that theater uh, the ending of Titanic? His eyes were like closed. (laughs) Yeah. And he went, oh, man, I have to fire you. (laughs) That's funny. We had, I think, with Jimmy Kimmel on. And he was talking about people like talk about overnight success. And he talked about all these shitty ass cities he worked in for like 20 years before he got the big gig. What was the shittiest job you had? I mean, uh, clearly the ticket taker thing. But what 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 was your low point? Uh, probably my low point was I worked for two days on a Playboy show called Night Calls. It was a phone sex night call like show, and I had to tell porn stars to go out and perform. That was probably the worst thing I ever had to do. And my friend told me my friend was like. It's called Night Calls. I don't know what it is. I think it's a movie, like a horror movie. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, hey, man, I got work as a PA on this thing called Night Calls. <laughs> I showed up and I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is the porno. <laughs> like, oh, man. The actors were very nice. They were all from the Czech Republic. <laughs> I had to go get them coffee. I couldn't spell any of their names. It was great. I mean, so at that, at that point in your life, Bill... Where in the thought process is uh, thought process is you know one day I'll be winning uh, best actor a ca- uh, Emmy awards never and, yeah I mean do never, you do you sometimes never. just take stock of where you've been and and where you're going and say man how did this happen yeah no when you're sitting there surrounded by a bunch of for you know, European porn stars you're not <laughs> thinking yeah you know one day I'm gonna own this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm getting coffee for someone named Olga. <laughs> Things are going to come up on top for me. My name is Bright Light. Before we let you split, and, and we really appreciate you spending some time Thanks with us. Thanks for taking the time. Um, obviously, you've done some great impersonations. and I mean, is there a favorite? Because when I watch old clips, obviously your Pacino is unbelievable, your Arnold, etc. What's your favorite? What was your favorite impersonation? Um, I guess the one that surprised me the most was when I did Alan Alda for the first time. It really surprised me because I didn't know I could do that. And then Colin Jost had written a sketch that was Back to the Future audition tapes. It was people who auditioned for Back to the Future. And, you know, like Charles is saying, you show up Wednesday and or actually this was Tuesday night. And he came into my office at like two in the morning and was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Can um can you do anybody? And I said, I don't know. I, you know, and, and I, and I said, you know, I think I might be able to do Alan Alda. (laughs) 
And he was like, based on what? And I was like, I don't know. I was just watching crimes and misdemeanors. And I think I, maybe I can do Alan Alda. And he was like, all right. <laughs> That's not what he wanted. Maybe. I don't know. But then I did it. And I, yeah, I think my line was, uh, it was Biff. And I was like, Hey, Hey, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that is so great. That is so great. When you guys do it, it's just great. And, uh, and everybody went, hey, that sounds pretty good, you know. So that's the fun one when you, you're, you know, on those Wednesday table reads, they'll send you something and you just go, okay, I guess I got to try to make this thing work. And when it works, it's great. And when you fall on your face, it's, you know, it's pretty funny too because the whole crew, Keenan Thompson's the best. When I would start, a, I would do a, impression and he could tell the look in my eyes i didn't know what i was doing and he would just start laughing so (laughs) (laughs) he would just go he would smack the table that was the craziest thing like i think i've just i started uncontrollably laughing like three or four times i was with uh david spade and those guys and adam salad back then we did play donkey basketball and they actually (laughs) thought that they had controlled these donkeys and they just went to hell. <laughs> and everybody's laughing their ass off, and we're trying to read our lines. And it, it was one of the funnest things. I said, why do you guys think we can control donkeys anyway? And it turned into one. They're like, hey, let's just make it work. And everybody was laughing so hard. It was just hilarious, I got to admit. It's really funny when people start breaking. Fred Armisen could make me break. Just when the camera would go off me, we would do that Californian sketch. <laughs> yes. And anytime the camera wasn't on me, he would just he would just look at me like that. He would just he would he would just stare at me and I would just start laughing. You know, he was he's the best. Well, the last time we saw uh, Barry, he was uh, not to be a spoiler, but he was being led away. Uh, hey, don't don't be the bad. This is the end of this is the end of season three, right. oh, and man, it's already now, out there. Now you got to put spoilers for this <laughs> now, episode. Man. Now I can't. On, now I can't wait to see what season <laughs> four. But holds. That, that, no, it'd be a spoiler no, if no, I sat here like no, he did to those sorority girls and said, "Here's what happens in season four. That's one of the funnest things that. Yeah. DiCaprio dies and blah, blah, blah. Like, that was hilarious. That was the best. They thought he was, you think he's sleeping, but he's frozen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, Hey, you guys too. You know? Hey, thanks for joining us today and continued success. Without question. Hey, you too, bud. <laughs> Later. <laughs> thanks. Thank you guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. Don't call it work. <laughs> That's an awesome story, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Since y'all are being jackasses, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio dies. He, you think he's sleeping, but he's frozen. And how about he does the impersonation of his boss, oh. the stoner? Yeah, I'm going to have to fire you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That was a fun uh, segment yes. with Bill Hader. Um, Tremendous. Such a talented guy, man. And here's a... Uh, Here's the legendary longtime producer of Inside the NBA, Tim Kiley. You can you can call him TK at home. I mean, you know, it's just yeah. easy to follow Bill Hader. Yeah. And then it just goes down. Yep. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate the You're welcome, brother. Encouragement. There's hey. no such thing as momentum in a podcast. That's, that's uh, I didn't no say worry momentum. <laughs> hater? Hmm. Not. No, don't be a hater. Uh, I'm not a hater on me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got not a hater.
Yeah, there you hey, go. Uh, so we're going to have a little quiz Saturday Night Live stuff, trivia, fun stuff. Well, he should have a, an, uh, an advantage being an SNL alumni. Well, that's what we're going to find out. Okay. Uh, you were involved in a, in a lightning round quiz with Bill Hader, and I think we have a clip cap. Is that correct? Wow. All right. Okay, it's time for the speed round. Complete as many quotes as possible, as fast as you can, and here we go. Houston, we have a... Arby's! No. <laughs> I see blank people. Two people. You and Rebecca. <laughs> no. Life is like a box of... Dead people. <laughs> May the force be... Equal to mass times acceleration. <laughs> How do you know that? I'm not a dummy. I just haven't seen a lot of movies. Why don't you come on a show called Real Quotes? I actually thought it was about fishing. Fishing quotes? Yeah, like we're going to need a bigger boat. All right, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> you remember that? I do. Yeah, how, yeah. How, how would you forget that, man? You can't forget that. No. That is tremendous. But, uh, that was hilarious. I, you know... It's a lot of work, but it's awesome. I bet you don't whine like you do when you're at, at our job for a long time. I bet you don't whine in front of Lorne Michaels and say, man, man we, wow. what do we have uh, to keep doing this for? What's keeping the chuckster? Oh, yeah. I got yeah. shit to do. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Be a bitter, angry man. Uh, right. I am. So you got a quiz, huh? Yes, I do, actually, Ernie. Uh, you're first. Which comedian who was famous for seven words you can't say on television was the first host? Of SNL. Mm, that's a layup. George Carlin. Uh, and you know what? The backstory there was he only did two monologues. He did no sketches because he was too stoned to do <laughs> to do any sketches and remember his lines. That's hilarious. Chuck, you hosted how many times? Four. Ernie, uh, in 1980, which fix fictional musical duo with the subject of the first ever feature film based on an SNL sketch. Uh, repeat the question, please. In 1980, which fictional musical du duo were the subject of the first ever feature film based on SNL sketches? Oh, the Blues Brothers. There you go. Chuck. Yeah, John Volucci and Dan Ackerman. That's right. They were the, he gave you the theme song. Hey, Chuck. Yes. Can you name all four musical guests you co-hosted with? No. Nirvana. Yeah. Alicia Keys. Very good. Migos. And damn. Migos, Alicia Keys. Okay, Nirvana, Alicia Keys, Migos. A woman. Darn it. Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Good one. All right, there you go. Okay, I That's forgot good. Kelly. I now, like Nirvana sparked, uh, you, you did a promo with Nirvana that's now become, you know, a meme or a, as you would call it, a meme. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 uh, it was a promotional bit that you were to do with the band. So let's take a look at that, see if you remember it. Hi, I'm Charles Barkley, host of the season premiere of Silent Night Live with Nirvana. Look, Mom, your favorite, Nirvana. All right, let's do one more. Uh, you got, you're in a little, you're a little rushed. <laughs> you remember that? I do remember that. I, that's obviously Kurt Cobain. Yes. And uh, uh, Courtney Love was there too. 
They oh, they were man. actually really nice guys. Because when you do Saturday Night Live, our locker rooms, that their door is about this far from my door. So every time you, you walk out, you see them, but the doors are only like five feet apart. But those guys actually were really awesome. And, you know, and I didn't know who they were, to be honest with you. And they're like, they're like the number one band in the country right now. I says, they're really nice guys. I don't, I didn't know their music. Their background, yeah. yeah. But they were awesome to me. That's great. Ernie. Yes, TK. Who is SNL's longest tenured cast member? The Of the current? He's the current group right now? Still pumping along. Oh, man. See, this is just bullshit. What? You just gave him the answer. I'm just, you're the one who was on the show. Yeah, but you just gave him the answer. There's only one person still on the show who's been there like forever. He imitates Charles. Look at him fake it right now. He's just faking like he don't know the answer. Kenan Thompson. There you see, go. See what, I, see what I mean? <laughs> hey, see. How many times have you been impersonated by him? How would you, yeah, I know this is a guess. How many times do you think you've been impersonated by Kenan Thompson? 10. 14. Wow. Ernie, you've been impersonated four times. How in the hell? By, you, you know, Bill Hader. And? Alex Moffat. How in the hell? How does he know more about the show than you do? Because you're giving me answers. I Hold on for a second. Answers. How has he been there that few times? They've lampooned inside the NBA four times. Yeah, so you should. And I've been on there 15? 14. 14. So... What would he impersonate me on those other 11 times for? Probably because you do a lot of other stuff besides inside the interview. Yeah. Okay. You're in that. That surprises so me. So who, who, what guests, what guests surprised you positively? Nicest person? And who was, was there anybody you can name that surprised you negatively? No, no. Uh, they were all awesome. I mean, first of all, I was amazed how hard they work. I couldn't imagine doing that. Years, like Bill said. <laughs> I love what he said. You, you rehearsed that uh, that one, the Irish <laughs> man or something. Yeah. Oh, I hope that goes better when it. Don't worry about it. That's <laughs> not going to make so, the cut. So, so that's that's the thing that's interesting about the show. Like that, you see this stuff they show on the show, but the live the show. live show. But in the dress rehearsal, you do probably another five or six skits. And was really crazy. I had to buy underwear. You know, I burned all my underwear about twenty-five years ago. But on Saturday that fire is still going. <laughs> but on Saturday Night Live, sometimes you have two minutes to change. So you step behind the wall and the latest they cause they because sometimes like probably three times a night you have less than two minutes to switch to the outfit. So the first time I went there, because they Velcro your clothes. So they snatch your shit off, and you're standing there butt-ass naked like, oh, I probably should get some underwear. And they Velcro your next outfit on, and sometimes it's like 10, and you like 67% dressed, and they're, they're snapping the Velcro back together. Nine, eight, five. Four, and they push you out there. It's hilarious how hard. I mean, it's amazing. You got no underwear on when uh, you're doing Saturday Night Live. Club. I had to buy underwear because I didn't realize I was going to have like a minute. I thought like, because I had never. So there must have been that one time. 
I was standing there butt ass naked. They just snatched my shit off. And I was like, oh shit, I probably should buy some drawers. Well, I got to tell you, as we wrap this up, first of all, it was, first of all, it was uh, unbelievable to hear him say such nice things about our show. And so if, yeah. if, if, if imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, here's uh, one last clip. Guys, settle down. You promised me that this year you cool with the hijinks and pranks and focus on basketball. Okay. And hey, what was that? Oh, Kenny just dared me to throw a piece of bologna at Shaq's head. <laughs> ha ha, too bad you missed. <laughs> got it. We're off to a great start. <laughs> that's great. There you go. That's great. There you go. He he that. That's great. Oh. Oh. Your man does it. TK, as always, that was legendary. Thanks, Thanks Cap. Cap. Thank you, Mr. Kylie. Thanks, Charles. Yeah. Thanks, TK. Happy Thanksgiving, Thanks, Cap. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Answering everybody. machine comes up next. Yes. But stick around. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Come and join us in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. <laughs> why does it make me chuckle every time I hear it? Because you see why I'm arguably the greatest living karaoke singer of all time. Mm-hmm. 404. 987-0330. You know what that number is? The answer machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad y'all made me change it to the world. Yeah. Because we do get more... I think we probably get more calls from out of the country than we do in the United States. I don't know, but maybe there are more interesting ones from yeah. from outside the, outside the states. Shout out to our boy Stav. Just dehydrated over here waiting on that beer. Yeah. <laughs> You just keep on waiting because I don't think that's ever getting here. Uh, it's a supply chain uh, It's issue. a supply chain yeah. thing. Um, well, speaking of international calls, I have on good authority the call number one. Oh, yes. Coming to us from Germany. Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. Hey, Charles. Hey, Ernie. My name is Sebastian. I'm a lawyer's Klima from Germany. I've always wanted to be the first one from Germany to call on your uh, answering machine, but I guess in season three, someone uh, already did it. Uh, now, since you came up with the Oktoberfest, Chuck, I've uh, wanted to tell you something um, because you asked uh, why is the Oktoberfest in September and not in October. So originally, back in the days in 1810, uh, there were a lot of festivities because of the wedding of some Prince Ludwig and his yeah, wife, princess, whatever. And they said, okay, the weather in September is actually nicer than in October. And that's why they, yeah, put it into September and that's where it stayed. Because as you might know, in the Oktoberfest, they all wear those fancy dirndls and stuff and might get a little bit too cold in October. And that's why they have it in September. Thanks for having me. And yeah, enjoy your day. Bye-bye from Germany. Thank wow. you for the history lesson. That was pretty good. Ludwig and, and whoever. Yeah. Well, uh, first of wedding. all, Munich, Germany is my second favorite place to visit internationally. Right behind? Barcelona, Spain. I mean, Because I, you had great memories of Barcelona. I, well, just for, people think I just will tell you for the Olympics, but I went back like six, seven times. I love Barcelona, Spain, especially walking around in La, Rom La Ramblas. I love walking down the beach. There's some things you should see and some things you shouldn't see when you're walking down the beach. I mean, some of those people should put a shirt on 
And some of those people should keep their shirt off, if y'all know what I mean, America. Do you stroll the beach there oh, with you, a speedo? Yeah, no, 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 no. It is some better things than speedos. No, do you uh, have? Do you do you stroll in I'm a not, speedo? I'm not body worthy for speedos. That's not attractive right now. You can't unsee that. But I like walking down. Actually, the beach. you wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I love I love Barcelona, but Munich, Germany. I've been there. I think four times. Is I think I went to is it Portman or Dortmund. And and one of my favorite people in the world is Dirk Nowitzki. So I'm going to talk to Dirk. I want him to take me to Oktoberfest. So it's, it starts in, in September, extends into early October. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we went by went through that okay. a couple of, I, but couple I, of weeks But ago. I want to go. I want to go to Oktoberfest. So I'm going to call Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. I mean, if you walk around, I'm pretty sure if you're walking around Germany with Dirk Nowitzki, you, you live in large. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, just like anybody who walks around with you is living large. Only if you're in Auburn, Alabama, uh, Philadelphia, no, anywhere, man. Arizona. Chuckster, come on, yeah. Yeah. come on. You're just uh, you know where I'm big at. Don't don't be Leeds, don't be Alabama. modest. Yeah, but you're big uh, everywhere, Chuckster. Uh, it's it is you, Shaq, uh, are those guys who when you're when you're out in public, people just kind of gravitate towards you. And you're, it happened three more times this week. What did people call me Shaq? Really, it happens at least two or three times a week. And I just laugh every time. I mean, how do you I, confuse me with the biggest human being in the world? I mean, but it does happen. I'm not even joking. It happens at least two, two or three times a week. That's crazy. I know. Um, here's another. Um, here's another call, and this one, as Cap, our producer, tells me, requires a little setup. Remember last year we, or last week, we had the call from Australia. Um, the guy who was thinking about getting the Charles Barkley tattoo, right? Yes. Um, so we got a lot of suggestions. Um, most were Krispy Kreme donut on your butt. <laughs> uh, and some we can't even mention. Um, but I'm told there was one suggestion that stood out above the rest. Hi, Charles. Um, I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania, and a kid I went to high school with whose name was Larry Nipplehead. He vowed in, I think it was like ninth grade, to name, if he ever had a son, to name him Charles Barkley and then his last name. Um, his wife, who he actually started dating in 10th grade or whatever, then after years of agreeing, decided after they had a son not to let him do it. I think in that man's attempt at honor, for him, you should tattoo the name Larry Nipplehead on your chest or whatever. I'm a huge fan. God bless you, Charles. Larry Nipplehead. That's a lot. Is that really his name? Was it yeah. Nickel or Nipplehead? Wow. <laughs> that would take a long time. That would take a lot. Uh, Larry Nipplehead. How about just Larry? Uh, Larry N. I thought I was getting people who were important to me. What do you mean? When I was talking about my tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a guy who was going to name his son after you. That would and be. And his wife vetoed it. If I see that woman somewhere, it's on. Well, hey, dude, you better keep me away from her because it is on. I would love to see a little Charles nipple, nipple what? Charles nipple what? Nipplehead? <laughs> Charles nipplehead. Okay. I was thinking about the tattoo. <laughs> I'm going to get, you know, about my mom. I'm going to get two big M's on my ass. So when I'm standing right up, it's going to say mom, 
When I stand upside down, it's going to be wow. What do you think? I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> Mom and wow. It's just an M and an M. I know. But where's I'm... the O? <laughs> See, I had to I had to go there, didn't I? Yes, you did. <sighs> wow. Mom. Wow. Mom. See how it just rolls off the tongue? Wow. See? That's not what I'm saying <laughs> wow for. Oh, man. Are you pleased with yourself right, now? I'm in a good mood today. I told you, man. Ain't nothing can mess up Thanksgiving. Oh. Nothing can mess up Thanksgiving. Well, that would. No. I'm going to get that out to Thanksgiving. That'd be my Christmas gift <sighs> to myself. I think we have um, <laughs> one more call. Yeah. And go ahead, Cap. Hi, Charles. This is Amber from New York. Since you're the most handsome and greatest basketball player of all time, I was curious, what are your top three Thanksgiving sides? Hold it. What does him being she, handsome, she just wanted to give me a allegedly handsome, yeah. have to do with well, first of all, Thanksgiving sides? Number one, thank you for the compliment. But I always tell people, uh, as far as my handsomeness, I'm sitting beside Kenny, Ernie, and Shaq. So my stuff kind of flows. I mean, when you're around other ugly people, your beauty flows outwardly. So thank you for the compliment. So is cranberry sauce a side or a condiment? It's a side. Cranberry sauce. Yeah. Okay. Mashed potatoes, dressing, and uh, cranberry sauce. I would throw a little dirty rice in How about there. some sweet potatoes? I flipped the corn between sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes. I just have a thing for mashed potatoes. And uh, gravy. And gravy, oh yeah. Oh. I mean, gravy is Do you one. cover, I cover my stuff in gravy. Oh, no question. The dressing, yeah. the turkey, the, I mean, it's, it's oh, everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. But man, cranberry sauce. Oh, uh, now, out of the can? With the ridges on it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's nothing better when you, you just put the whole thing down and it just stacked up like that. <laughs> you just have to cut your big old oh, chunk yeah. out. Yes. But cranberry sauce is amazing. But turkey and dressing, man, there is a sandwich store in Arizona. I can't take the name of the store, but they have a turkey dressing sandwich with cranberry sauce. Ooh. It's like a foot-long sandwich, but it comes... Uh, it's unbelievable. You know what else we do? Yeah. I told you about the Wednesday before Thanksgiving yes. being this huge celebration over at our house, and we have neighbors there, we have family there for, for deep frying the turkeys. When the turkeys are done, then we deep fry stuffing balls. Wow. Which is unbelievable. Um, we'll deep fry some ravioli. So you can deep fry everything. And I'm from the is, South, yeah. It we, is incredible. We deep fry vegetables down here. We deep fry, I mean, yeah. that's... I might explain the obesity problem going around the South. It, it might very well. Yeah. And um, but I got to try that sometime, the stuffing balls. Yeah, Sherland just makes some stuffing balls, and, and then we drop them in there. 
check. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> we hope everybody out there has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. And we appreciate so much you stopping by the steam room once again to uh, listen to the... Happy Thanksgiving. To the ramblings of me and the Chuckster. Especially the Chuckster. <laughs> See you all next week. <laughs>